Well, good day, everybody. Welcome. Pastor Tim Carson here, Christian Center Report. Daily podcast. So glad you joined us. It is Hanukkah week. And we're preparing for the, the feast this week. We hope you're excited. So we're going to give revelation today. The question is, do we assimilate or do we go to war? Because that was the battle that they had. Let's talk about that topic today. That's what this feast is about. It's a feast of Thanksgiving, as always. I think uh, when I think of Hanukkah, I think about the miracle of the nine lights, the eight lights, I should say, that burned for eight days. And uh, we'll talk about that this week. Well, welcome. It's the fourth day of December 2023, Monday. And we start a new week. And Hanukkah, I believe, starts Thursday night. And we're going to spend this week talking about it. And just giving revelation to you what it means for us today. When we celebrate feasts, we always want to celebrate them in light of they're alive. They're not dead. They're not something that just happened in the past, but they're relevant to us today and they're still moving. Chuck Pierce has been saying for the last three years, especially, that we're going through real feasts, real Passovers, <laughs> uh, real Pentecost. Uh, as it just seems like they're so alive right now. And the Feast of Dedication or the Feast of Lights or Hanukkah, the Hebrew word, is the, the term we give to this feast. It's found in John chapter 10. You have to read about it in a book of Maccabees, which uh, I think the, some Orthodox churches still use, or they put it as part of their Bible. We don't. We just use it as a historical book uh, to learn from, just like I'd read any history book. And it tells us the story of these people called the Maccabees who were in Israel at that time and who were trying to keep the faith in the midst of Hellenization of the Jews. The Greeks were coming and trying to cause everybody to assimilate to the Greek lifestyle. The uh, Hellenistic Jews uh, were just secular, becoming secular and enjoying the Greek lifestyle, as well as the promotion that came from the Greeks. And uh, as, as you assimilate, you get favor. And I've seen that before. I've been in Israel. Uh, we have been with people that have a theology that uh, Jews do not have to be witness to, that they are through Abraham, if they practice Judaism, basically, uh, that their salvation is secure, and which I disagree with because Jesus said that nobody comes to the Father unless they come by me. But Nonetheless, uh, I notice that they have major favor with the political powers, with every entity within Israel today. This is modern Israel, because they're not a threat. They're not trying to share the gospel. They're not trying to, in a sense, have somebody become a believer in Christ. And so they get favor. Well, that was going on during this time, uh, you know, the years prior to Christ coming, right before Christ came. 
And so they they were trying to hold the faith, the Maccabees were, while the rest of the Jews were assimilating. And this has been the battle for the Jewish people throughout their diaspora, as they've been cast out of Israel from way back when, is that they tend to assimilate to the culture that they get involved in. American Jews are classic at that. They are uh, not only assimilated to the culture, they are part of the problem of the culture sometimes. Uh, Hollywood, etc. They promote things that are not biblical. Sometimes we'd have to say, if we talk to a Jewish person, that we would have a great conversation with their great-grandparents, but not so much with them because they don't relate to us. I've talked to Jews before who are really religious Jews, we call them, and not, not radical like Hasidic and those type, but just common people that, that love God, try to love God, and we will relate to them very closely because our language, our belief systems the same. But when we look at this feast, we need to say, what is it about? And I think we need to learn about it because we are in a similar season right now, to say the least. Uh, for us in, in our culture, and the rabbinical holidays, they call them Purim and Hanukkah, because those aren't the, the classic seven feasts, um, they say will never end uh, until Messiah returns. Okay, that's their saying. That's their teaching. The story of Purim, which you know is a story in Esther, Haman wanted to kill the Jews. But the story of Hanukkah, the Greeks didn't want to kill the Jews. They just wanted them to be like the Greeks. And the Greeks did not like the fact that the Gentiles could not enter closer inside the temple. All right? And so there was this whole thing. How do we get everybody in here, keep our culture, and make this what we call a world religion? How about that? Does that sound familiar? A one-world-type environment that they wanted. The word Hanukkah means to start something new. So in the book of Genesis, the 25th word in the Hebrew, when you read the Hebrew, is light. So during Purim, the Jews celebrate with this little toy. If you've ever been been to a a synagogue or something or seen it, they have this little toy that makes noise to celebrate that Haman has died. In Purim, the people prayed in the Lord, uh, prayed to the Lord and Esther and Mordecai were used to save the people. It was a grassroots movement, and that is why the toy comes from the bottom of the ground. That's why that that toy comes that way. But anyway, in Hanukkah, the battle is between the few Maccabees, there wasn't a whole lot of them, I'm not sure how many hundreds there were, and the Greek army. And that's what it seems like right now. It seems like the culture is huge and we are small. But the miracle of Hanukkah is a miracle from above. And they use a toy called the dreidel, which you spin a little top. And if you ever, there's a game called dreidel. You can look that up, find out about that. But as I said earlier, the 25th word in the Hebrew Bible, in the Bible, is the word Torah. In the Torah, is called or, O-W-R is how you pronounce it, light or of lights. It's from above. It's the light of Hanukkah was from above. It's different because in the Bible, it wasn't like the sun as we think of the light, but it was the light of heaven. And from above, the light of Hanukkah was one that came supernaturally. 
if you know the story, we've shared it before, but they, when they wanted to, during the battle, the Maccabees against the Greek army, the Torah, I mean, the, uh, the, the, in the temple, the menorah, uh, only had enough oil to burn for one day. They lit it, and it burned for eight days supernaturally. So we know that the light, the oil, was from above. It wasn't from below the earth. So now the real battle was not just the Maccabees against the Greeks, but rather the spirit against the flesh. And that's why I think it relates to us today. I think that's where we are today. The Greeks were all about their bodies, sport, intellectualism, humanism. Sound familiar? We do, folks, live in a Roman Greek culture as a whole. We do. And everybody's about their bodies and whatever they're into, sport, intellectualism, humanism. Those are, that is exactly where we are. They are in opposition and enmity against God. So the Greeks just wanted the Jews to assimilate. That's all they wanted. Celebration of the world and the ways of the flesh. They were saying that this was the light. One should walk in it rather than the light of Torah. You know, when, you, when somebody enters Freemasonry, you say that. I leave the light of this world, and we enter into the light of Freemasonry. It's one of the vows they make because they have their own light. It's a dark, you know, it's an angel of light. It's what, what the Scripture says. Paul tells us what a, a, a demon can be or Satan can be, an angel of light. comes in the form of something good, wholesome or healthy or whatever, but it's not. It's from below. It's from the ground. It's from the, uh, below the ground. It's from the enemy. Okay, so this small group of religious Jews, we'd call them, I'd call them spiritual Jews, said, no, we will not assimilate to this culture. We will keep our faith and not allow the false light to enter our temple. And more importantly, we won't allow it to enter into our hearts. Now, last Wednesday, I did a a message on something similar about the, the spirit of the age, which is the same thing here. If, you, if you'd like to, you can go check that out on our platforms. And there's a challenge into us, a challenge to all of us, because Jesus said that if they hate me, they'll hate you. If, the world, if you don't have the world in you, it will hate you. But if you have the world in you, it will not hate you. So therefore, you can have a little measuring, a test there as to whether you're emptied, if you've emptied yourself of the culture of the world. And that is what we're seeing in this story here is that the Jews were finding, well, if I just act like the Greeks and do some of the things that they do, oh, yeah, so it's a false god. So it's, you know, we're, we're worshiping Pegasus or whatever, or they're doing, I'm not into that. It doesn't bother me. Whatever. You're, you're compromising, but you, what you are doing is assimilating. And so this small group, uh, they wanted to keep the faith and not allow this false light to enter the temple, which at that time, you know, Jesus hadn't come yet. That was the picture of the presence of the Lord. And so, and more importantly, they didn't want it in their hearts. That's what Paul was talking about when he said that we are to be in the world, but not of it. We are aliens. We are strangers to this system. And Jesus describes in Matthew 24 when he says, this is an abomination that causes desolation. Now, we saw that um, in this manifestation. And when Daniel prophesied that, you actually see it manifested in this Hanukkah story. 
where there was an abomination that caused desolation because they brought a false god into the temple and worshipped it there. And so this was a forerunner of the mark of the beast. Deny the ways of God. Trust your minds and your bodies to be your deliverers. That's what it was. And so it was a type and shadow. So <laughs> that's why I think it's so relevant to us today to talk about this feast because we're, we're, we're about to have another Hanukkah <laughs> where we're going to have to say, no, we're not going to allow that. And we're seeing this in churches across the world where you can't tell the difference between the world and the church when you go to those places. I'm not talking about the lights and all that. I'm talking about the spirit where the, the message is, is not much different than the world. In Israel today, the number one holiday celebrated is Hanukkah. And all the secular Jews who are not religious and don't want to celebrate this holiday, um, and, and uh, of all the holidays, they should not celebrate, it is this one because celebration is a memorial to the defeat of secularism. <laughs> So here they are celebrating, and they don't even recognize what it is, that what they love is what was defeated. The one holiday the secular Jews should remove is this holiday, yet they celebrate it because the mind cannot comprehend the spiritual issues, and we have to as well. We have to understand what's going here, going on here. Now, the, the word eight and oil, when we talked about the eight days, have the same Hebrew root. Eight is an internal number of infinity in the eyes of the Lord. His oil and the miracle of Hanukkah never ends as the kingdom of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Okay, I'm going to stop right there because this is a great ending point for us as we go. We'll pick up here tomorrow. But as we move forward, we have to understand that the oil we've been given, and this feast speaks of it, it's, a, it's an unending oil. It's not going to run out, right? They, they only needed eight days to win the battle. To me, the Lord says, I'm going to give you enough oil to finish the war. Our job, our, our portion of the kingdom, is to overcome the spirit of this age and to free the people of this world and the body of Christ from the spirit of this age that wants to blind them to the truth of reconciliation to the Lord, which means we begin to look, act, and walk like him. So this is an end-time mandate that we are being given right now, and this feast is a manifestation of that. And so we want to celebrate this feast, but I want you to catch the prophetic today and walk in the revelation of this. So Lord, I'm going to pray for you. So Lord, I pray right now for everybody listening to this today, that Lord, that we would challenge our own hearts and ask ourselves, are we in war with our enemy? Are, are we assimilating to our enemy? Have we so embraced the things of the world that we are not in war anymore? But we have ceased from war and we are now part of the problem rather than part of the solution. Lord, give us revelation to any area of our life that is like that. Peace, peace be upon our hearts today. In the name of Yeshua, we ask this. Amen and amen. Well, thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow. We'll keep building on the Hanukkah message and story. Well, welcome again. Thanks for listening each and every day here on our podcast. It's a special week as we're covering the Feast of Hanukkah. We pray you will embrace the truth of that. We'll actually speak on it uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, 
as we celebrate the feast in this hour. What an important time to stay in this oil of the Lord as he pours into us and gives us eternal flame to fight the fight. Check us out again on all our platforms, especially our our website, ChristianCentersReport.com, and our app. Thanks for giving, and thanks for being a part of what we're doing. God bless.